Welcome to this episode of Hip Hop History. This week we are talking about West Coast legend Stanley Kirk Burrow, born in Oakland, California on March 30th, 1962. His father was a professional poker player and gambling casino manager at Oaks Card Club's card room, as well as a warehouse supervisor. He grew up poor with his mother, who was a secretary, and his eight siblings in a small apartment in East Oakland. He recalled that six children were crammed into a three-bedroom housing project apartment. The Burrows would frequent thoroughbred horse races, eventually becoming owners and winners of several graded stakes. In the Oakland Coliseum parking lot, a young burrow would sell stray baseballs and dance accompanied by a beatboxer. Oakland Athletics team owner Charlie Finley saw the 11-year-old doing splits and hired him as a clubhouse assistant and bat boy as a result of his energy and flair. Burrow served as a quote-unquote bat boy with the team from 1973 to 1980. In 2010, Hammer discussed the lifelong involvement with athletes on ESPN's first take as well as explained that his brother, Louis Burrow Jr., who would later become Hammer's business manager, was actually the bat boy while his job was to take calls and do play-by-plays for the A's absentee owner during every summer game. The colorful Finley, who lived in Chicago, used the child as his eyes and ears. Reggie Jackson, in describing Burrow's role for Finley, took credit for his nickname. Hell, our chief executive, the guy who ran our team, that communicated with Charlie Finley, the top man there was the 13-year-old kid. I nicknamed him Hammer because he looked like Hank Aaron, whose nickname was The Hammer. Team players, including Milwaukee Brewers second baseman Pedro Garcia, also dubbed Burrow Little Hammer due to his resemblance to Aaron. Ron Bergman, at the time, an Oakland Tribune writer who covered the A's recalled that he was an informant in the clubhouse, an informant for Charlie, and he got the nickname Pipeline. According to Hammer, Charlie said, I'm getting you a new hat. I don't want you to have the hat that says the A's on it. I'm getting you the hat that says XVIP, that says Executive Vice President. You're running the joint around here. Every time I come down to the clubhouse, you know, Rolly would yell out, oh, everybody be quiet. Here comes Pipeline. He acquired the nickname MC for being a master of ceremonies, which he used when he began performing at various clubs while on the road with the A's and eventually in the military. Hammer, who played second base in high school, dreamed of being a professional baseball player, but did not make the final cut at the San Francisco Giants tryout. However, he has been a participant player in an annual Taco Bell All-Star Legends and Celebrity Softball game, wearing an A's cap to represent Oakland. Burrow went on to graduate from McClyman's High School in Oakland in 1980 and took undergraduate classes in communications. Discouraged by his studies at the local college and failing to win a place in a professional baseball organization, he joined the United States Navy for three years until his honorable discharge. Before Hammer's successful music career, Burrow formed a Christian rap group with singer and musician John Gibson, or JG, known as the Holy Ghost Boys. Hammer and Tremaine Hawkins performed with Gibson's band in concerts at various venues such as the Beverly Theater in Beverly Hills. Some early songs produced were Word, B-Boy Chill, a live audio performance is on YouTube, and Stupid Deaf Y'all. Hammer also performed Son of the King during this time, releasing it on his debut album Feel the Power in 1986, as well as the re-released version Let's Get It Started in 1988. Additionally, the Wall featuring The Wall featured Hammer, which was later released on Gibson's album Change of Heart in 1988. In addition to later remixes of early releases, Hammer produced and recorded many rap songs that were never made public, yet are now available on the internet. Via his record labels such as Busset Records, Oaktown Records, and Full Blast in the mid-80s while rapping in its small venues, and after a record deal went sour, Hammer borrowed $20,000 from each of the former Oakland A's players, Mike Davis and Dwayne Murphy, to start an independent record label business. As the CEO of Busset Productions, Hammer kept the company going by selling records from his basement and car. Busset Records spawned Bussin Records, and collectively, the companies had more than 100 employees. Recording singles and selling them out of the trunk of his car, he marketed himself relentlessly. Coupled with his dance abilities, Hammer's style was unique at the time. Now, building himself as MC Hammer, he recorded songs for his debut album, Feel My Power, in 1986. It was originally released on the independent label Bussin Records via Oaktown Records and produced by Felton Pilati of Confunction. It sold over 60,000 copies and was 
distributed by City Hall Records, Hammer released singles from the album including Ring'em in 1987, largely on the strength of tireless street marketing by Hammer and his wife, in addition to continuous radio play, it achieved considerable popularity at the dance clubs in San Francisco Bay Area. In the spring of 1988, Tony Valeri, a 107.7 KSOL radio DJ, played the track Let's Get It Started in his mix shows. The track also gained popularity in nightclubs. Hammer declared he was second to none from Dougie Fresh, LL Cool J, or DJ Run within the song. He would continue to call out East Coast rappers in future projects as well. Heartened by his rising prospects, Hammer launched into a seven-day-a-week rehearsals with the growing troupe of dancers, musicians, and backup vocalists he hired. It was Hammer's stage show and his infectious stage presence that led to his big break in 1988 while performing in an Oakland club. There he impressed a record executive who didn't know who he was, but knew he was somebody, according to the new Rolling Stone Encyclopedia of Rock and Roll. Though Hammer had previously received and declined offers from major record labels before, he agreed to a multi-album contract with Capitol Records with a $1,750,000 advance. It did not take long for Capitol to recoup its investment. Once signed to Capitol, Hammer reissued his first record, a revised version of Feel My Power, with additional tracks added, which sold over 2 million copies. Pump It Up, also performed during Showtime at the Apollo on September 16, 1989, Turn This Mother Out, Let's Get It Started, and They Put Me In The Mix, were the most popular songs from the album, which all charted. Not entirely satisfied with his first multi-platinum success, Hammer's music underwent a metamorphosis. Shifting from the standard rap format, I decided the next album would be more musical, he said at the time. Purists chastised him for being more dancer than rapper. Sitting in a leopard print bodysuit before a concert, he defended his style. People were ready for something different from the traditional rap style. The fact that the record has reached this level indicates the genre is growing. Hammer was very good friends with Arsenio Hall, as well as a then-unknown teen named Robert Van Winkle, aka Vanilla Ice. Despite later rumors that there was a beef between the two rappers, which was addressed during the height of both of their careers on Hall's show, and whom he would later reunite with in a 2009 concert at Salt Lake City, Utah, and as such, Hammer was first invited to perform the song You Can't Touch This prior to its release on the Arsenio Hall show in 1989. He also performed Dancing Machine, which later appeared in the Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him, the movie, in 1990. Hammer used some of his proceeds from the album to install a rolling recording studio in the back of his tour bus, where he recorded much of his second album. In 1989, Hammer was featured on You've Got Me Dancing with Glenn Goldsmith, which appeared on Goldsmith's album Don't Turn This Groove Around via RCA Records. The track was Hammer's first release in the UK. Hammer also appeared in Glenn Goldsmith's music video for the song. During this period, Hammer formed the rap group Oaktown's 357, releasing the number 9 single Yeah 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 from the album Wild and Loose in 1989. Hammer's third album, Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him, was released on February 12, 1990. It included the successful single You Can't Touch This, which sampled Rick James's Super Freak. It was produced, recorded, and mixed by Felton Palat, by Felton Palat and James Early on a modified tour bus while on tour in 1989. Despite heavy airplay and a number 27 chart debut, You Can't Touch This stopped at number 8 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart because it was released only on a 12-inch single. However, the album was a number 1 success for 21 weeks due primarily to this single, the first time ever for a recording on the pop chart. The song has been and continues to be used in many films and television shows and appears on soundtracks and compilation albums as well. Follow-up success included a cover of the Shy Lights Have You Seen Her and Pray, a beat sampled from Prince's When Doves Cry, and Faith No More's We Care A Lot, which was his biggest hit in the US. Peaking at number 2, Prey was also a major UK success, peaking at number 8. The album went on to become the first hip-hop album to earn diamond status, selling more than 18 million units to date. 18 million units to date. During 1990, Hammer toured extensively in Europe, which included a sold-out concert at the National Exhibit Center in Birmingham. With the sponsorship of PepsiCo International, Pepsi CEO Christopher A. Sinclair went on tour with him during 1991. The album was notable for sampling other high-profile artists and gave some of these artists a new fan base.
Space. Dancing Machine sampled the Jackson 5. Help the Children interpolates Marvin Gaye's Mercy Mercy Me and She's Soft and Wet also sampled Prince's Soft and Wet. All of the songs are complemented by background vocals of his singing group called Special Generation. This combination of sound made the album successful on radio and music videos with You Can't Touch This, Pray, Have You Seen Her, Here Comes the Hammer, and Yo Sweetness all charting. The album increased the, album increased the popularity of hip-hop music. It remains the genre's all-time best-selling album. Music videos for this and previous albums began to receive much airplay on MTV and VH1. A movie also accompanied the album and was produced in 1990 entitled Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him the Movie. During the same time, Hammer also appeared in the West Coast Rap All-Stars Posse Cut We're All in the Same Gang. Additionally, Hammer released the tracks This Is What We Do on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie soundtrack in 1990 and That's What I Said on the Rocky V soundtrack in 1990. A critical backlash began over the repetitive nature of his lyrics, his clean-cut image, and his perceived over-reliance on sampling entire hooks by others for the basis of his single. He was mocked in his music videos by Third Base, the DOC, DJ D-Brands, and Ice Cube. Oakland hip-hop group Digital Underground criticized him in the CD insert of their Sex Packets album by placing Hammer's picture in it and referring to him as an unknown derelict. Q-Tip criticized him and checked the rhyme saying, What you say, Hammer? Proper? Rap is not pop. If you call it that, then stop. Uh-oh, Cool J dissed him in To The Break of Dawn from his Mama Said Knock You Out album, calling Hammer an amateur swinging a hammer from a body bag and stated, My old gym teacher ain't supposed to rap. However, it could have been a response to Hammer calling him out on Let's Get It Started, where he was mentioned along with Run DMC and Dougie Fresh as rappers that Hammer claimed to be better than. LL would later compliment and commend Hammer's his abilities and talents on VH1's 100 Greatest Songs of Hip Hop, which aired in 2008. Ice-T came to Hammer's defense on his 1991 album, OG, Original Gangster. A special shout out to my man, MC Hammer. A lot of people diss you, man, but they just jealous. Ice Cube later explained that he had nothing against people who were pop rap from the start, but rather MCs who switched from being hardcore or dirty to pop rap in order to sell more records. Despite the criticisms, Hammer's career continued to be highly successful, including tours in Asia, Europe, Australia, and Russia. Soon after, an MC Hammer Mattel doll, lunchboxes, and other merchandise were marketed. He was also given his own Saturday morning cartoon called Hammerman, which he hosted and voiced. After publicly dropping the MC from a stage name, Hammer released Too Legit to Quit in 1991. In 1991, Hammer established Oaktown Stable that would eventually have 19 thoroughbred racehorses. That year, his outstanding filly, Light Light, won several grade one stakes races, including the prestigious Kentucky Oak. His D. Wayne Lucas-trained Colt dance floor won the grade two Kentucky Jockey Club Stake and the Breeders' Fraternity Stakes in 1991. Then the following year, won the Fountain of Youth Stakes and finished third in the 1992 Kentucky Derby. He continues to attend shows as well as many sporting events alongside celebrities. Hammer answered his critics within certain songs from the album. Sales were strong, over 5 million copies, with the title track being the biggest hit single from this record. Album peaks in the top five on the Billboard 200. Another hit came soon after with Adam's Groove, which appeared on both the Adam's Family motion picture soundtrack and the vinyl and cassette versions of Too Legit to Quit, reaching number seven in the US and number four in the UK. His video for the song appeared after the movie. Hammer set out on a high profile tour promoting the album, which included a stage show loaded with singers, dancers, and backup musicians. In 1992, Boyz II Men joined the tour as an opening act. While traveling the country, their tour manager, Khalil Roundtree, was murdered in Chicago, and the group's future performances of It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday were dedicated to him. As a result of this unfortunate experience, the song would help advance their success. Ultimately, however, the lavish show proved too expensive to support through the album sales, and it was canceled partway through its scheduled run. Music videos were produced for all four singles released from the album. The Too Legit to Quit video featured many celebrity appearances. It's been ranked as one of the most expensive videos ever made. The hand motions used within the song and video also became very popular. The song proved to be successful in the US, peaking in the top 10 at number 5 on the Billboard Hot 100. Despite the album's multi-platinum certification, 
location, the sales were one third of Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him. At the end of the Too Legit to Quit music video, after James Brown enlists Hammer to get the famous glove of Michael Jackson, a silver and white sequins glove is shown on the hand of a Michael Jackson lookalike doing the Too Legit to Quit hand gesture. In a related story, MC Hammer appeared on the Wendy Williams show on July 27, 2009, and he told an amusing story about a phone call he received from MJ regarding the portion of the Too Legit to Quit music video that included a fake Michael Jackson, giving his approval and inclusion of it. He explained how Michael had seen the video and liked it, and they both expressed that they were fans of one another. Hammer and Jackson would later appear, speak, and or perform at the funeral service for James Brown in 2006. During 1991, Hammer was featured on the single The Blood from BBNCC Winans' album Different Lifestyle. In 1992, the song peaked at number 8 on the Christian chart. That year as well, after a four-year hiatus, Dougie Fresh signed with Hammer's label, Busted Records, and issued one album, Doing What I Gotta Do, which, despite some minor acclaim for his single Bussin' Out on Funk, which sampled James Brown's 1979 single Bussin' Out, it did not sell as expected. Prior to Hammer's next album, The Funky Headhunter, rumors from critics and fans began claiming Hammer had quit the musical entertainment business or had suffered a, a financial downfall, which Hammer denied. Hammer claimed rumors falsely heralded his downfall were most likely the result of the fact he turned over his trimmed-down Busset Records to his brother and manager, Louis Burrow Jr., and his horse racing interest to his brother Chris and their father, Louis Burrow Sr. During his hiatus between albums, Hammer consequently signed a multi-million dollar deal with a new record company. He said there were a lot of bidders, but not too many of them could afford Hammer. Therefore, Hammer parted ways with Felton Pilati and switched record labels to Giant Records, taking his Oaktown label with him. Hammer was eventually sued by Pilati. Additionally, Hammer launched a new enterprise called Roll with the Entertainment and Sports Management, which with clients such as Evander Holyfield, Deion Sanders, and Reggie Brooks. In 1993, his production company released the hit rap single Gangster Lean by DRS from their debut album Gangster Lean. By this time, he also parted ways with his only female executive music business administration consultant and songwriter Linda Lou McCall, a music industry veteran. McCall was hired by Hammer's brother and manager, Louis K. Burrell, in 1990. In 93 and 94, McCall was also involved in several lawsuits against Hammer, which were eventually settled out of court. With a new home and daughter, a new record soon to be released in his new business, Hammer claimed he was happy and far from being broke during his tour of his mansion for Ebony. Today there's a more aggressive Hammer, because the 90s require you to be more aggressive. Hammer said of his music style, There is a harder edge, but I'm no gangster. Hammer in the 90s is on the offense, on the move, on the attack, and it's all good. In 93, Hammer began recording his fifth official album. To adapt to the challenging landscape of hip-hop, his album was a more aggressive sounding album entitled The Funky Headhunter. He co-produced the record with rapper and producer Stefan Adamic. While Hammer's appearance changed to keep up with the gangster rap audience, his lyrics still remained honest and somewhat clean with, a, with minor profanity. Yet, as his previous records, Hammer would continue to call out and disrespect other rappers on this album. As with some earlier songs, such as Crime Story, the content and reality about street life remained somewhat the same. But the sound was different, resulting in Hammer losing favor with fans. The album peaked at number 2 on the R&B charts and remained in the top 30 midway through the year. The album was eventually certified platinum. Within the album, Hammer disses rappers such as Q-Tip, Redman, and Run DMC for previous attacks they made against him. Hammer debuted the video for Pumps and a Bump during another appearance on the Arsenio Hall show in the mid-90s. The video to the album's first single, Pumps and a Bump, was banned from heavy rotation on MTV with censors claiming that the depiction of Hammer and Speedos with what appeared to be an erection was too graphic. This led to an alternative video being filmed with Hammer fully clothed that was directed by Bay Area native Craig S. Brooks. It's All Good was the second single release from the album. On December 20th, 1994, Deion Sanders released Primetime, a rap album on Hammer's Busted Records label which featured the minor hit Must Be The Money. Primetime Keeps On Tickin' was also released as the single. Sanders, a friend of Hammer's, had previously appeared in his Too Legit To Quit music video, and his alter ego Primetime is also used in Hammer's 
Hammer's Pumps and a Bump music video. In 1995, Hammer released the album Inside Out, which did not perform well, and Giant Records dropped him and Oaktown Records from their roster. Songs Going Up Yonder and Sultry Funk managed to get moderate radio play, even charting on national radio stations Countdown. Along with the fickle public, Hammer would go on to explain in his album that he felt many of his so-called friends he had helped staff had used and betrayed him, which contributed to a majority of his financial loss. In 1995, Hammer released Straight to My Feet with Deion Sanders from the Street Fighter soundtrack released in December 1994. The song, song charted number 57 in the UK. Hammer signed with Death Row Records by 1995, then home to Snoop Dogg and his close friend Tupac Shakur. The label did not release the album of Hammer's music titled Too Tight while he had a career with them, although he did release versions of some tracks on his next album. However, Burl did record tracks with Shakur and others, most notably the song Too Late Player along with Big Daddy Kane and Danny Boy. After the death of Shakur in 96, Burl left the record company. He later explained his concern about the circumstances in an interview with Trinity Broadcasting Network since he was in Las Vegas with, with Tupac the night of his death. In October 96, Burl and Oaktown signed with EMI, which saw the release of a compilation album of Hammer's hit singles prior to The Funky Headhunter. The album, titled Greatest Hits, featured 12 former hits. In 1998, another Greatest Hits album called Back to Back Hits was produced and released by CMEA. As Hammer's empire began to collapse when his last album failed to match the sales of his predecessors and since he unsuccessfully attempted to recast himself in the streetwise hardcore rap mold of the day, Hammer turned to his gospel-friendly audience. In 98, MC Hammer released his first album in his new deal with EMI titled Family Affair because it was to introduce the world to the artists he had signed to his Oaktown Records, G-Man, T-Bag, and Common Unity as they made their recording debut. Technically his seventh album since his debut EP, this record was highly promoted on Trinity Broadcast Network, performing a more gospel version of Keep On from his album Inside Out 5, yet it featured no charting singles and selling about a thousand copies worldwide. The album also features a song written for Hammer by Tupac called Unconditional Love. Hammer would later dance and read the lyrics to the song on the first VH1 Hip Hop Honors in 2004. A double album mostly about faith and family values, the compact discs were also PC ready with interactive features. After the album, new projects were rumored to be in the works, including the album War Chest Turn of the Century and a soundtrack to the film Return to Glory, the powerful stirring of the black man, but neither appeared. In 2000, another compilation album was released titled The Hit. It contains 17 tracks from his first four albums. Following the September 11, 2001 attack, MC Hammer released his eighth studio album, Active Duty, on his own world hit music group label, the musical enterprise under the Hammer Time Holdings Incorporated umbrella, to pay homage to the ones lost in the terrorist attacks. The album followed that theme and featured two singles, No Stoppin' Us, USA, and Pop Your Collar, featuring Wee Wee, which demonstrates the Fat Daddy Pop and Pop Nito, River Pop, Deliver the Pop, and Poppin' It Up dance moves. The album, like its predecessor, failed to chart. It would not sell as many copies as previous projects. Hammer did, however, promote it on such shows as The View and produced a video for both singles. The patriotic album, originally planned to be titled The Autobiography of MC Hammer, donated portions of the proceeds to 9-11 charities. Hammer shot a video for the anthem No Stoppin' Us, USA, in Washington, D.C., with several members of the United States Congress, who sang in the song and danced in the video. After leaving Capitol Records and EMI for the second time in his career, MC Hammer decided to move his Oaktown imprint to an independent distributor and release his ninth studio album, Full Blast. The album would feature no charting singles and was not certified by the RIAA. A video was produced for Full Blast, a song that attacks Eminem and Busta Rhymes for previous disrespect towards him. Some of the original songs didn't end up making the final album release. Guest artists included The Stooge Players, Pleasure, Rain, DJ Greer, and That's It. After going independent, Hammer decided to create a digital label to release his 10th studio album, Look, Look, Look. The album was released in February 2006 and featured production from Scott Storch. The album featured the title track single, Look, 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 and a music video. It would sell much better than its previous release.
release, Yeah, was produced by Little John. Between 2006 and 2007, Hammer released a military-inspired rap song with a political message to President George W. Bush about sending American troops back home from war called Bring Our Brothers Home. The video was filmed at St. Monica Pier. In 2008, Platinum MC Hammer was released by AMI Records. The compilation consists of 12 tracks from Hammer's previous albums with a similar playlist as former Greatest Hits Records. An import was released by Capitol Records. Since his 2006 album, Hammer continued to produce music and released several other raps that appeared on social websites or in commercials, with another album announced to be launched in late 2008. Talks of the tour and a new album were expected in 2009. Getting Back to Heaton was made public in 2008 as a digital single. It was a departure for Hammer, bringing in a funky deep soul and mixing it with more house style. The song I Got Gigs from his album was used in a 2009 ESPN commercial and performed during the Hammer time. In February 2009, MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice had a one-off concert at the McKay Events Center in Orem, Utah. The concert aided in the promotion of Hammer's new music and television show. During the concert, it was mentioned between the two rappers that this was their first headline show together in nearly 20 years, which since the time when they were touring together at the peak of their hip-hop career, Careers. Hammer said, contrary to popular belief, Ice and I are not only cool with each other, we are like long lost friends. I've known him since I was 16, before he had a record contract, before I had a record contract. It was a great reunion. Vanilla Ice said, it's like no time has passed at all. We set the world on fire back in the day. I'm so happy right now. The magic is here. Hammer has occasionally released singles over the past few years, which include Better Run Run in 2010. MC Hammer promised to release a track responding to a song by Kanye West featuring Jay-Z, which attacked him on So Appalled. Jay-Z raps a verse targeting Hammer about his financial dilemma in the 1990s. On it, Jay says, Hammer went broke so you know I'm more focused. I lost 30 mil so I spent another 30. Cause I'm like, Hammer 30 million can't hurt me. Hammer addressed his displeasure about the diss on Twitter, claiming he would react to Jay-Z on Halloween. Hammer released a sample of his beef with Jay-Z, aka Hellboy, according to Hammer, and a brief teaser trailer called Better Run Run by King Hammer. He claimed he would show evidence that Jigga worships the devil. It's possible that Jay-Z was offended by an analogy Hammer was conveying in an earlier interview in response to DOA or Death of Autotune on All Hip Hop. On November 1st, Hammer's song and video called Better Run Run hit the web in retaliation. MC Hammer accuses Jigga of being in with Satan and then Hammer defeats the devil and forces Jay to be baptized. In an interview with BBC's DJ Syntax, Jay said he didn't mean the verses as a personal attack. I didn't know that wasn't on the table for discussion, he said. I didn't know I was the first person to ever say. When I say things, I think people believe me so much that they take it a different way. It's like not rap anymore at that point. I say some great things about him in the book I have coming out. That wasn't a cheap plug. He laughed. He's gonna be embarrassed. I said some really great things about him and people's perception of it, but it is what it is. He took it the wrong way and I didn't know I said anything wrong. In the late 90s into the early 2000s, along with a new clothing line called J Slick, Hammer began creating and working on MC Hammer USA, an interactive online portal. In 2002, Hammer signed a book contract with publishing company Simon & Schuster, which called for a release the following year. However, a manuscript for the inspirational book called Enemies of the Father, Messages from the heart on being a family man for which Hammer received advance money to write was never submitted in 2003. This resulted in Hammer being sued by the book company over claims that, that he never finished the book as promised. The company's March 2009 lawsuit sought the return of the $61,000 advance given to Hammer for the unwritten book about fatherhood. Hammer was a popular web mogul and activist becoming involved in several internet projects including TechCrunch 40 conferences. In 2007, Hammer was co-founder and chief strategy officer of DanceJam.com along with Jeffrey Aaron. The community site found valued at $4.5 was exclusively dedicated to dancing video competitions, techniques, and styles which Hammer sometimes judged or rated. After receiving $4.5 in total equity funding, the site closed on January 1, 2011. In July 2010, Hammer started a mixed martial arts management company to manage, market, promote, and build and brand build for fighters. His new company was 
Alchemist Management based in Los Angeles. Hammer appeared on The Oprah Winfrey Show in February 2011 to discuss his tech media mogul status as well as his creation, demonstration, and consulting of social applications sites media, such as having an involvement with the internet since 1994, including YouTube and Twitter, and devices such as an iPad and Zagmate by Zag. He also explained how employing, helping so many people in the past never really caused him to be broke in terms of the average person, as the media made it seem, nor would he have changed any experiences that had led him to where he was today. During the Whatever Happened to MC Hammer episode, he discussed his current home, family, and work life as well. In October 2011, Hammer announced a new internet venture called Wiredo, a deep search engine that planned to compete with the major search engines Google and Bing, with the motto, search once and see what's related. Hammer's team planned to eventually open up the site to a select number of beta testers. However, Wiredo never left beta mode. MC Hammer produced and starred in his own movie, Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him, the movie, in 1990. The film was about a rapper returning to his hometown who defeats a drug lord using kids to traffic his product. For the project, Hammer earned a Grammy Award for Best Long Form Music Video at the 33rd Grammy Awards. He later produced MC Hammer to Legit, the videos, which included many actors and athletes. Hammer appeared in major marketing campaigns for companies such as Pepsi, KFC, Toshiba, British Knights, and Taco Bell during the height of his career. In 91, Hammer hosted, sang, and voiced a Saturday morning cartoon called Hammerman. That same year, he and Busset Productions appeared in concert from New Orleans on BET. Hammer has made cameos and or performed on many television shows such as Saturday Night Live, Amen, and Martin. He also made a cameo in the 1993 Arnold Schwarzenegger film Last Action Hero. Hammer would also go on to appear as himself in the History of Rock and Roll Volume 5 in 1995. Additionally, he has been involved in movies as an actor such as One Tough Bastard in 96, Reggie's Prayer in 96, the Showtime film The Right Connections in 97, Deadly Rhapsody in 2001, Finishing the Game in 2007, 1040 in 2010, as well as being a television and movie producer. Despite his financial status being publicly attacked, after meeting at the National Association of Broadcasters Convention in late in Las Vegas in April 2001, Hammer provided the much-needed funding to filmmaker Justin Lin for Better Luck Tomorrow in 2002. In its first ever film acquisition, MTV Films eventually acquired Better Luck Tomorrow after it debuted at the Sundance Music Festival. The director said, Out of desperation, I called up Hammer because he had read the script and liked it. Two hours later, he wired the money we needed into the bank account and saved us. Hammer appeared in two cable television movies. At the age of 39, he was one of the producers of the VH1 movie Too Legit, The MC Hammer Store, starring Romney Malco and Tangie Miller as his wife, which aired on December 19, 2001. The film was a biopic which, which chronicles the rise and fall of the artist. Too Legit to Quit, the live story of MC Hammer became the second most rated original movie in the history of VH1 and broadcast simultaneously on BET. The whole script came from me, says Hammer. I sat down with the writer and gave him all of the information. In 2003, Hammer appeared on WB's first season of The Surreal Life, a reality show known for assembling an eclectic mix of celebrities to live together. He was also a dance judge on the 2003 ABC Family TV series Dance Fever. Additionally, he appeared on the VH1's And You Don't Stop 30 Years of Hip Hop in 2004, as well as in 100 Greatest Songs of the 90s in 2008, a countdown which he was also a commentator on. His eldest child, Akiba Burrow, was a contestant on the MTV's Rock the Cradle in April 2008. Hammer had shown an interest in having his own reality show with specific television networks at one point. Already being part of shows on VH1, the WB, I Married, MC Hammer, and A Surreal Life, it was later confirmed he would appear in Hammer Time on A&E in the summer of 2009. The reality show was about his personal, business, and family life. The following year, Hammer appeared on the Live with Regis and Kelly June 3, 2009 to promote his show, which began on June 14, 2009. In August 2008, a new ESPN ad featured Hammer in it, showcasing his single, I Got Gig. The commercial was for Monday Night Football's upcoming football season. This is not the first commercial in more recent years that Hammer has been in or his songs, raps, dancing was used for including Lay's Hall 
Hallmark Cards, PRL, Lysol, Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company, Citibank, and more. On February 1st, 2009, Hammer and Ed McMahon were featured in a Super Bowl commercial for Cash for Gold. In addition to appearing in television commercials, MC Hammer's music has also been used in television shows and movies. Along with Betty White, Hammer was a voice actor on the September 17, 2010 episode of Glenn Martin DDS called Step Brother. In 2016, MC Hammer appeared as himself in an episode of Uncle Grandpa on Cartoon Network. In June 2017, Hammer appeared during the Beat Shazam on Fox. Hammer has most recently been a spokesperson for 3M Command Strips and Starburst. In September 2020, Hammer appeared on the greatest at-home videos via Zoom. MC Hammer's dance style not only helped pave the way for San Francisco Bay Area movement called Hyphy, but also helped to bring hip-hop and rap to the Bay Area. His dancing skills are still taught to this day. Hammer versus other performers during his heyday was that he was an entertainer, both during live shows and in music videos. His flamboyant dancing was as much part of the performance as rapping and musical instruments were. With high-energy dance routines, he is often considered one of the greatest dancers. While adding his own techniques, Hammer adopted styles from James Brown and the Nicholas Brothers, such as the splits, as well as feverishly choreographed dance routines, including leaps and slides. His creation of such dances as the Hammer Dance or the Typewriter Dance and the Bump from his You Can't Touch This, as well as the Running Man and the Butterfly, made his flashy and creative dance skills unlike any other artist at the time. Hammer's showmanship and elaborate stage choreography involving 15 dancers, 12 backup singers, 7 live musicians, and 2 DJs gave him a powerful visual appeal. Hammer was the first rap artist to put together a choreographed show of this type, and his visual flair attracted heavy airplay for his videos on MTV, which at the time had a predominantly white viewership and had aired little rap music before Hammer. During the 1990 visit from Hammer, accompanied by his friend Fab Five Freddy on Yo! MTV Raps, one of the dancers whom Hammer was holding auditions for was then-unknown Jennifer Lopez. At the height of his career, Hammer had his legs insured for a substantial amount of money into the millions. As mentioned in an interview with Maria Shriver in 1990, he later suffered an injury to his knee and halted his dancing career for a period of time. Eventually, BT ranked Hammer as the seventh best dancer of all time. Some of Hammer's entourage, or posse as he called them, were also trained and skilled dancers, including Tiffany Patterson. They participated in videos and at concerts, yet too many dancers and band members eventually contributed to Hammer's downfall, proving to be too much for him financially. Hammer stayed active in the dance media, or genre, both on television shows and as co-founder of DanceJam.com until he and his partner, Jeffrey Aaron, sold it to the Grind Network. Well known for bringing choreography to hip-hop, many of his dancing skills can be seen on the dance-focused or social networking sites. Dance is unlike any other social medium. It's the core of our culture, Burl told Wired. In addition to his websites and internet presence, Hammer also appeared demonstrating much of his dancing abilities on talk shows. Hammer was also a dance judge on Dance Fever. In 2022, Robbie Brown claimed he started wearing the diaper pants that Hammer altered and made famous on his A&E show, Bobby Brown, Every Little Step. However, Brown wore a less sagging variation during some of his concert and music videos, such as My Prerogative in 1988 and Every Little Step in 1989. At the time of his first album, MC Hammer opened his music video management firm. As a result of the success of his third album, Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him, Hammer had amassed approximately $33 million. MC Hammer met his wife, Stephanie, at a church revival meeting and married on December 21st, 1985. They have three sons and two daughters, and also raised Hammer's nephew. It was reported in July 2012 that Hammer was encouraged to marry Whitney Houston by her father at the Super Bowl in 1991. Hammer frequently posted about his life and activities on his blog, Look Look Look, as well as other social websites such as Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter, being one of the earliest celebrities to contribute and join. A self-described super geek who consulted for or investing in eight technology companies, Hammer claimed to spend 10-12 hours daily working on his technology projects, and tweeted 30-40 to 40 times a day as of 2012. He has been noted as a popularizer and defender of philosophy in his social media posts. Hammer was an endorser of the Safe California Act, which, if passed in November 2012, would have replaced the death penalty.
penalty. However, the proposition was defeated. Contrary to public rumor, Hammer claimed he was really never down and out, as reported by the media, originally having an estimated worth of over $33 million. According to Forbes magazine, speculations about Hammer's status first emerged during delays between the albums Too Legit to Quit and The Funky Headhunter, with Hammer having spent much of his money on staff and personal luxuries. In addition to excess spending while supporting his friends and family, Hammer ultimately became over $13 million in debt due to dwindling album sales, unpaid loans, a large payroll, and a lavish lifestyle. Therefore, Hammer eventually filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in the U.S. Bankruptcy Court in Oakland, California. The case was converted to Chapter 7 two years later. However, Hammer was denied a bankruptcy discharge four years after that. Hammer's mansion was sold for a fraction of its former price. My priorities were out of order, he told Ebony. He said, my priorities should always have been God, family, community, and then business. Instead, they had been business, business, and business. Along with Felton Pilati and other group members, Rick James sued Hammer for infringement of copyright on You Can't Touch This, but the suit was settled out of court when Hammer agreed to credit James as co-composer, effectively cutting James in on the millions of dollars the record was earning. Hammer appeared in major marketing campaigns for companies to the point that he was criticized as a sellout, including commercials for British Knights during the height of his career. The shoe company signed him to a $138 million deal. Hammer's impression on the music industry appeared most appeared almost as instantaneously as Digital Underground's rap The Humpty Dance, which was released when Hammer was still early in his career and included the lyrics, People say you look like MC Hammer on crack, Humpty. Hammer is also well known for his fashion style during the late 80s and early 90s. Hammer would tour, perform, and record with his hype man Too Big MC, or Too Big. This duo introduced the shiny suit, or popularized Hammer pants to mainstream America, as seen in videos such as They Put Me In A Mix, in which Hammer also claimed Too Big was the king of hype. He was in an unspoken competition with Flavor Flav during the height of their careers. Honestly, as long as this episode is, it's still not even close to the full MC Hammer story, so we may have to do an episode 2 on MC Hammer. But now let's go over the discography, which includes Feel My Power in 1986, Let's Get It Started in 1988, Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him in 1990, Too Legit to Quit in 91, The Funky Headhunter in 94, Inside Out in 95, Family Affair in 98, Active Duty in 2001, Full Blast in 2004, Look 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 in 2006, Dance Jam the Music in 2009. MC Hammer was and remains to be a superstar. No one was competing with Hammer on or off the wax around this time. Hammer was everywhere at some point. Whether it was his cartoon, his action figures, his music, or his concerts, Hammer created a lot of the wave that was carried into the 90s and what is still emulated today. Hammer will never be matched again. His control over the game and pop music was and will forever be one of a kind. Hammer is known to have hands and connections to make things happen to people who disrespected him, but that's enough about that. MC Hammer was the first real hip-hop superstar who did it all. Thank you, Hammer, for showing the heights hip-hop could reach. Thank you for being you and being hip-hop. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this episode of Hip-Hop History. Please like, subscribe, and leave a review where possible. Thank you, and have a great day.